That was pathetic football. Right, have a look at the board. I've made some changes. Welcome back to Magnet Movers, known as Australia's number one sporting podcast, or should we say Bulgaria's number one sporting <laughs> podcast. Shout out to the good people of Bulgaria who've been tuning in this week. Um, we see you. We appreciate you. We don't know if we're speaking the right language for you, but we'd love to hear from our Bulgarian audience, which is strong and thriving. <laughs> My name's Johnny Boland. I'm joined, as always, by Josh Danger Ranger. Good morning, Josh. Good morning, Johnny. It's good to be here. And yes, we've uh, we we found out that we've tapped into the Bulgarian market somehow. We're not, Elusive market. We're not. I'm not sure how we've done it, but shout out to the uh, the people who've listened in Bulgaria and. Let us know. Magnetmovers at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Yeah. We're happy to chat about it. Give us some feedback. So, What do you reckon they watch in, in Bulgaria? They'd be pretty soccer. I feel like wrestling. I always thought soccer was strong over there. I honestly don't know where that is. Bulgaria? Yeah. Well, again, so reach out. Let us know. And I hope that's not offensive. Do <laughs> it's, it's, you do a Bulgarian accent? I don't know what a Bulgarian accent sounds like. Neither. So again, this is what we need to know. We we uh, will happily admit that we are uneducated about sport and life in Bulgaria. Reach out, let us know, and we'll go there. We we we, we can do a live show. That we want to know more, though. So let us know. Um, and finally, to the, list, the listeners out there, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning yeah. in. And we'd also love to know how you found the podcast too. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. And so so yes, thanks guys. But mate, it was a big week of sport this week. It was. Um, what did you What did you catch over the weekend? Yeah. So mate, you may be able to hear in my voice that it's probably my Jordan Flu game of podcasts here. Uh, <laughs> so I do apologise for the listeners uh, for that. But over the weekend, I caught the two two big games of footy. Yep. Uh, the D's and the Lions, which was... I was actually at both of them, so that was, it was good to be in attendance. The commitment. Saw what a real crowd was like on the Saturday night, <laughs> so that was good. A big club, as, as you know, mate, the big four clubs in Melbourne do, sh- do show up, yeah. um, and Collingwood on Saturday night was no exception. Uh, beyond that, I watched a bit of the NFL and a little bit of the NRL, but not, not a great deal. Yep. What about yourself? Mate, I watched six different sports over the uh, last few days. I have been watching everything possible. Wow, talk so, to me. So I've watched, obviously, the, the AFL, yep. the finals. I watched uh, a bit of the NRL. Yeah. Um, I watched some of the some of the cricket. Okay. I watched some of the UFC. Hello. I watched some of the NFL. Yeah. And I've caught, of course, caught some of the lacrosse as well over the weekend. Of course. How could so, you forget that? So, mate, I was, I've watched so, I've watched too much sport. How's Rach feel about all this? Look, I don't think she loves it. Yeah. Um, so I think I've probably hit my limit over the weekend of what I'm allowed to watch. Yeah. Um, so, and look, I had, had a little bit of time off work yesterday. So that's where I snuck in my Seahawks game. So I managed to catch that live. So, of course. um, that always, that always helps you. Yeah, it was a, it was a really good week in, in sport. So, mate, let's, let's get stuck into it. Let's, let's, ch- let's chat about the AFL. Let's chat about the, the two games. You touched on them in the weekend, both at the MCG. Let's chat about the first one. Uh, Melbourne v Brisbane. We were we were both there. Yeah, you were you were behind glass doing media, corporate <laughs> event. Yeah, oh, something like that. I was amongst the punters, um, <laughs> if only. So I don't really know how you probably saw it. You you maybe saw it with a couple of canapes in hand and all that. You know, being the the big dog of the pod that you are. Uh, that's it, mate. Yeah, I'm I'm highly in demand, mate. What can I say? Yeah. Um, so now, what'd you what'd you think of it, mate? What'd you think of the game? 
Well, Melbourne should have been 10 goals up halfway through the second quarter, I thought. They yep. were dominant. They they just made Brisbane look inferior, mm. I thought, for the first quarter and a half. And then I by sort of half time, I sort of thought there's no way Melbourne wins this. Yeah. Like they were just struggling. Like yep. they just I don't know, they couldn't put it together. Brisbane's pressure was elite. And well, the things we talked about last week, I know we put the coaches' hats on each week, and we don't expect them to tune in and then take what we say personally and implement it. But, you know, they lost the clearance, they lost the contested ball by fourteen. Didn't we say they need to get on the outside? Daniel Rich, Kitty Coleman. Did, mate. I mean, I don't know if Fags and the, the lads at the lines are listening. But I if think, they I are think they have to be. No worries. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I thought it was impressive, mate. What did you think? Well, I'll tell you who's not listening to the podcast. That's the Melbourne coaching staff. <laughs> because last week I clearly said, as the coach of Melbourne, don't, what did I say? I said, don't kick it long. I said, lower your eyes on going forward. And what did Melbourne do? They just kicked it long and never lowered their eyes, particularly, particularly in that second half. They just kicked it long and hoped. They did. And the one quarter they probably did lower their eyes, it was the first quarter when they were dominating. So... And yeah, then they just couldn't convert. But come on, guys. And your man, Max Gorn, oh, you asked for him to rip the game apart. Oh, boy, dearie me. Mate, he was terrible. He was absolutely hopeless. Wasn't we he? love Max, though, so shout out if he's listening. <laughs> but Max, you know, you could have done better. That was, look, it wasn't his best final Must be series, injured. was it? Was it? I, and I think a fair few of them applied with injuries um, because they they looked poor, didn't yeah. they? they? They looked they looked poor, they looked, they looked tired. But, you know, full full credit to Brisbane. But through that first quarter, I thought, geez, this could get ugly here. And Brisbane just, they kept on. They, they managed to turn it around. They didn't, didn't lose hope, and they, they kept fighting. Like, full credit to them. And, and they took their chances. And one player I want to touch on, we very briefly last week touched on him, but he's a player that we've both always said is a oh, flat-track no. bully. Oh, no. Charlie Cameron is putting oh. together the best final series he's ever played. Yeah. Five touches, three goals. Three goals. Incredible. That's what you want, mate. The three goals. He was there when he got the goals and they needed them. So, and I don't think I don't think you mind only you know a few touches from him if he kicks three goals a game, mate. Charlie, we're sorry for Magnum Movies. We uh we thought you sucked, <laughs> and then you've dominated two finals. So shout out. So well done. That's right. Let's let's do it three in a row. This is the big one. Yeah, next week we'll touch this in a second, but make sure we do it three weeks in a row, Charlie. That's it. Um, but no, and look overall, I think yeah, pretty disappointing game for game for Melbourne out in straight sets and. Um, I think they'll have a little bit of soul-searching to do and have to sort of tinker with a few things moving forward, particularly losing Luke Jackson. And, that, look, they've just got to reinvent that forward line, don't they? Oh, do they what? It was pretty poor. Um, pretty poor. Mate, the second game. Yes. You, you were there. I was. Collingwood and Freo. A real, real tight, <laughs> a real tight game. This time was, was it down the wire stuff. Yeah, um, it was. Edgy of seat. Oh, it's not often that a team is up by six or seven goals. Late in the last quarter, and you're thinking, geez, this scoreboard flatters the team that's losing in a final. Yeah. Because um, it was pretty on my traffic, wasn't it? Yeah, they didn't fire a shot, the Dockers. And look, it was good effort. I know as a small, somewhat irrelevant club, um, <laughs> I'm probably not used to the limelight of the MCG. And a few of their boys, you could see they were a bit starstruck. Collingwood just overwhelmed them. Mm. That, like They just played right into our hands. And the way we were just... We, you know, I, I was out there. <laughs> no, the way Collingwood just could slingshot the ball so quickly, turn yeah. defense into attack, it was impressive, mate. Jack Crisp and Jordan Degoe, isn't Jordan Degoe's value going through the roof? 
Oh, look, he's he, it's going to be an interesting off season with him because he's adding an extra twenty or thirty thousand dollars a year each game at the moment. He's adding to his contract, Ooh, yeah. so he's um he's looking good. Best um, player in the final so far. Yeah, look, he 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 quite possibly is so. Um, look at it'll, yeah, it'll make it interesting next week. But look, it's probably not super surprising from a Freer perspective. Like we, you know, I think a yeah. lot. Of, I think I think this was the final that a lot of people thought. Oh yeah, it's probably gonna be pretty one sided. Um, you know, Freer had the obviously the great emotional win last week, but we know they don't play very well at the MCG. We know they're a we know they're a really a really young side lacking experience. You know, and when you have the big wing like they did last week, it's very hard to back that sort of thing up a second week in a row. Yeah, exactly right. And it was look the season as a whole for for Freo is a massive tick. Mm. Like they they did really well to to win the games they did, and they you know they got a new style that was very defensive oriented, and it worked. Obviously, yep. like it did. They did really well, and maybe they had to you know implement a defensive style like that because they have no one in front of the ball, <laughs> and that's fine. Like, <laughs> I, I, hey, you got to work with the tools you got. That, I think they're quite possibly in the Melbourne camp, aren't they? They need to work on that forward line. Oh, it's just not. Do they what? It's just not quite strong enough. And um, yeah, they're going to lose Rory Lobb. I'm not sure that's the biggest loss. I, you know, I don't think he gives them a huge amount. Yeah, um, Matt Tabernard, the most subbed player in the AFL. Look, it's so unfortunate yeah. he can't play. <laughs> so I think they. Um, yeah, they need to keep. You know, they've got um, Amos, who you know should hopefully be a player of the future for them. But they're gonna need to get some more, some more tall timber down there, I think, and um, keep developing that. But yeah, I think you're right. A really successful year for Frio. So imagine at the start of the year if someone said to you in a semi-final, it's gonna be Collingwood versus Frio. Look, you'd be like, what? You would have <laughs> laughed, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would have. You'd be thinking, what is going on? And particularly when you've been told it's at the MCG, therefore Collingwood's been the top four side. You're like, nah. Yeah. No chance. Literally. No chance. Flag pies. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, let's talk on a flag pies. Let's talk about next week. Let's talk about the uh, prelim finals, the matches to get into the uh, the grand final to try and become flag pies. That's right. Which game are we talking about first? Well, let's chat about flag pies first. Mate, Mate I've got some feedback um, off the text. Oh, hello. That, that we don't do the games in order, and that really aggravates people. <laughs> So, speaking of Collingwood Sydney, the second of the two games, we're going to start with this one. I'm going to put the Collingwood coach's hat on it again. It yep. was so effective last week, and you're going to coach, you're going to be the horse. I am. Big horsey long wire. That's so, right. All right. For the Pies to beat Sydney, yep. I honestly think we just have to play. Well, so, Sydney and Collingwood are the number one and two pressure sides in the AFL, so it's going to be a hot footy. Yeah, very hot footy. Yep. I think if Collingwood. Can take their chances. Both mm. teams are so aggressive. They're gonna. There's gonna be goals. Mm. Collingwood need to take their chances. Yep. That, that's it. Kick straight. Take your chances. Trust that you know how and more are gonna play on their instincts. Intercept marks and run. Quayno and Maynard have been excellent as well. Yep. Look, we could get Collingwood could get smoked here, but I think they've got to you know die on the hill that they've played on all year. Yep. Keep playing that aggressive slingshot game. And hey, if it works, it works. You know the big American. Mason Cox, he's renowned for a prelim. He loves his prelim finals, Big Mason. Could he do it again? Could he? It's a question. It is, and I think probably not. But <laughs> that's okay. Uh, but yeah, so I'm taking the pies, and I'm just saying if I'm Craig McRae, just be aggressive, back yourselves in, run hard, because we're probably not as talented as the Swans, and we play a similar game style, so that probably points to them winning. But like, you know, stranger things have happened in a prelim. Oh look, and that's it. Like I think, I think it's going to be very a very tight game. Um, I think the reason 
that I do think I do think Sydney will win is because it's a, it's in Sydney. I, that, yeah, that's it's a big advantage, isn't it? Um, but I think that's the only only reason they'll win. I think other than that, I think these two sides are actually quite even. You're right; they both they both love their love their pressure. Um, Sydney are very good at the pressure game. We saw that in the first week of finals. Oh yeah. Um, and so if I'm if I'm Sydney, I'm making sure to start with I'm, I'm leaving a player behind the ball at all times. We know Collingwood love to search the footy. If you've got a player or two behind there that can grab, you know, can stop that surge, I think you can completely shut down Collingwood. Yeah. So maybe restructuring having a player or two behind the ball, and then you're saying, guys, keep pressuring because as good as Collingwood are in that in the pressure game, and you are very good at it, I think in the Collingwood Geelong game, we saw that when Geelong turned the pressure on, some of those Collingwood players who were just just younger, lacking that experience, did panic a bit. Yeah. And so I think if Sydney can really turn that pressure up, I think. I think Colin will turn the ball over too much. So I'd be putting a player or two behind the ball to stop that surge. And then when the ball goes forward, I'd just be saying, guys, pressure, pressure, pressure. They'll turn it over, they'll give it back to us and we'll score. Yeah. So that'd be my game plan if I was if I was Sydney. And I, look, I do think I do think Sydney will win, but I don't think they'll smoke Colin. I, I see it sort of being a two or three goal game, I think. Um, I think mm. it should be a really good game. Yeah, I hope so, mate. I hope so. Um, but mate, the other the other game, the uh, the first one, as you touched on, out of order, is uh, is it the MCG? It is. Um, Friday night, Geelong and Geelong and Brizzy. Um, I've got I've got Brisbane for this one, don't I? You do, yeah. mate. You do. So look, paint me a picture. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I I'd argue he go with the mental game, but uh, the two times I've gone with the mental game, it hasn't worked. So we're not going with the mental game this week. Okay. So we're, we're throwing that in the bin. Over two on the mental game. <laughs> That's right. I don't go over three. Um, I mean, it could be third time lucky. I've thought about it, but I thought, oh, I don't Worth really, considering. I don't really want to go over three. Um, so I think the first thing I'm saying is, guys, we have the first thing we have to do is you have to be dialed, dialed on, dialed, dialed in, sorry, dialed in and switched on. I was trying to combine those two there. I liked it, though. Uh, <laughs> from the first bounce. Because okay. last week, that first quarter against Melbourne, if they're playing Geelong, it's game over, quarter time. Yeah. So the first thing I'm saying is in the midfield you have to try and break even. That's all you need to do. Um, and then if it's if it's getting really bad, you know where you can again throw a number behind the footy just to slow it down. Because I think the longer the game goes, Brisbane has shown they can run out games really well. As can Geelong. We saw that against Collingwood. But yeah. We know they can. They just need to hang in there. So I'm saying, guys, dial yourselves in from the first bounce. As you touched on last week, get on the outside um, and. Again, probably make sure you've got a really clear open forward line. The um, the times when Brisbane looked best was when they were running it in and it was one-on-one or, you know, two-on-two two in the forward line. Whereas yeah. when it was more really congested, Melbourne could generally kill it off pretty easily. You know, when Hipwood was one out, that's when he looked really strong. When Charlie Cameron was one-on-one, that's when he looked really strong. So I'm saying, guys, make sure a lot of you push up at the ground so that when the ball comes in, we don't have many numbers there and our forwards can try and win those one-on-one battles. So that'll be my plan. Get the ball outside, dial in, in, the, in the from the first bounce, and try and get the forward line open. I like it, mate. It's a, it's a strong case you, you put forward. And, and for the record, I do give Brizzy a chance. Okay. I do give him a chance. Yep. But here's why they're not going to win. Yep. So Tom Hawkins in round three when they played against all four, potentially, I believe it was three, yep. kicked five on Harris Andrews. <laughs> yeah, look. It's not a good matchup. No. They also had Marcus Adams in the team, who probably would have covered Jeremy Cameron. Jeremy Cameron is the absolute... Oh, I hate when people get called this in footy, but he's a unicorn because he's a he's a key forward that can run like a wingman and use the ball exceptionally well with his field kicking. So I don't think anyone in the Brisbane team can go with Jeremy Cameron. 
Because yep. if he goes one out, you need it. Harris Andrews on him in the forward line. Yep. But if he goes on the ground, who's going to cover him? You can't have Daniel Rich on him. Do you, Well, maybe you just let him go. You let him go, but he kills you when he gets it. He yeah. hits the ball so well. I, I just think the the overwhelming presence of Hawkins, Cameron, who would have thought Gary Rowland is relevant again, oh. and Tyson Stengel, they're just going to kick too many goals. I think this is going to be an absolute goal fest, by the way. Additionally... Two teams in a row, Melbourne and Richmond, have made the mistake of not tagging Lockie Neal. Oh, get please, a grip. You Honestly, have to tag him. Seriously, Melbourne, you had a soft tag on him with Brayshaw in the first half, and then the second half, you just forgot. Yeah. And, oh, do you, how good was his hardball? He, I don't oh. understand my teams aren't tagging him. I do not understand it. And the, the Cats aren't going to make that mistake. They can bring in O'Connor. Tom Atkins can do it, who's been a gun in there this year. Even, like, someone like Joel Selwood, just a veteran, he could just go with him and body Lockie the whole game. Yeah. So... Geelong aren't going to make that mistake. And then I just I just think the way they play out of the back with Stewart and De Koning, my, my favorite player, Max Holmes, you know, I've talked about him you before. Love, you love Maxi. He's a gun. Like, they're, they're oh, oh, look, it could be, it could be monstrous. <laughs> like, they are good. They are seriously good, the Cats. And I think it's, uh, it's theirs to lose. And mm. I think it's not going to be, it, it could be not a very flattering scoreline. Mate, it's gone from yeah the start of this segment. You think Brizzy could win? Yeah, but Holmesy. To, to, to now. I'm gonna I'm gonna DM him this week. Say, do you want to come on Magnet Movies? We've got a Bulgarian listeners. Yeah. So no, Holmesy, no. if you're listening, I heard you big in Bulgaria. Like we are. Uh, but no, look, I um I I tend to agree. I, I obviously I've got Brisbane's um, coaching hat on, but I, I do think Geelong Geelong should win this comfortably. Oh, but could be a that, massacre. We said that we said that last week against Melbourne. Yeah, and didn't happen. So again, it's it's again. I think the biggest thing for Geelong is in the first first quarter or two, take your chances. If you take your chances, you put them away. That's it. Because um, they will give you chances. Yeah, hundred percent. They will. Hundred um, percent. Mate, well, that's AFL for this week um, and next week. So so good luck to all the sides there. We'll um, next week grand final preview, which will which will be exciting. Um, mate, let's chat about the NRL. They had their first week of finals. I did. Our boys are. Went pretty well. <laughs> mate, my, my, my boys did. I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan. Oh. <laughs> I'm a Cowboys fan, mate. We're uh, we're into the prelim. All right. Well, the, the Storm had a pretty big bad Monday, I heard, on this week. So <laughs> oh, mate, Storm. That tells you all you need to know. The Storm are out. What a um, bit, bit of a surprise there to the uh, the Raiders, I believe. Yeah, um, it was. What happened? Out, gone. Yeah, flattening. I just think too many injuries. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be back better than ever next year. I'm confident. Probably win it. <laughs> Take that to the bank. Storm to win the flag next year. Anyway, so, mate, there's a big game that we are going to talk about, and it's being it's been called the Sin Bin game. It has been the, for, uh, for, for good reason, you could say. Look, you could the the Sunday afternoon game between the two uh, the two Sydney sides, the rabbits and the bunnies. That that's it. Um, nope, that's not right. The rabbits and the <laughs> I was roosters. Say, I don't think it is, but uh, I was going to run with it, mate. No, I appreciated the support. I wasn't going to uh, pick you up, mate. No, nah, um, rabbits and roosters. But yeah, so Sydney v South Sydney, and did they? Hey, I thought South no, Sydney. No, no, Sydney v South Sydney. Sorry. Oh, v. Sorry, sorry. V. No, because Red Shambles here. No, because I've got a blocked ear. Don't know if you had a cold. South Sydney did win. I did. Um, and as you said, it was a was a was how many sin bins was there? there seven, seven. That's it's a lot of sin bins. What yes. Did, what did you think of it, mate? What did you think of the amount of sin bins? I love it. It's theatre. And you know I love theatre. You do love your sporting theatre. Yeah. Well, it's a brutal game, isn't it? Mm. And we look at the AFL and the concussion protocols, the way some of those lads are th- like throwing tackles, round arms, like 
Boy, oh boy. There'd have to be some serious concussions in there. 100%. I know Tedesco went off early with a concussion. Um, but, like, it's just it's a dangerous sport. Mm. I mean, I don't really understand it. So, I don't know if they were symbians or, like, the technical rules regarding that. But, I mean, you look at some of the stuff and you think, wow, <laughs> that's not well. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, mate? Look, I think some of the sin bins were there. I saw caught most of the first half, and some of the ones there were called were real, were real soft sin bins. Like one of them, the, the guy smashed the guy in the chest in his arm, then sort of rode up to his to his head, and it wasn't it wasn't a high tackle, and they called it. Like it was, I think the ref was potentially overawed by the crowd and the noise. And yeah, because it, it was. You hate refs, though. It was noisy. I don't hate refs. <laughs> I just hate. Some so if of the anyone's refs. listening, that's a ref. Josh hates you. That this is this is not true. It is, I just I just think a lot of them. I just think. <laughs> I think the thing. Here's my thing. Here's my here's my axe to grind ever raise. Okay. All right. My opinion is, if you're not sure, don't call it. Let the game go on. Let it play. And too often, refs and arms try and get themselves too involved in the game. Yeah. So I think if you're not sure, let them play. And I think that happens in the grand final. Yep. And that's about the only match of the year it happens in. Oh, Collingwood Geelong. So, well, look, yeah. Got to come high on the ball like eight times. Look, Collingwood Geelong, they probably went too far the other way. Yeah. Um, But saying that, if they umpire that all year round, I, I don't mind. But the problem is also, that, and the AFL will deny this, but they changed the way they umpire come finals. Oh, yeah. Like, it should be consistent. I understand you want to let them play more. Do that all year. Why do you only do that for finals? Everyone generally prefers when umpires let the game go. So do it all year. That's my problem with umpires. Yeah. Oh, have you seen the the Untold docos on, on Netflix? No. There's one. Uh, it's called Flagrant Foul. It's about the NBA and uh, a former NBA umpire was um, talking about how he was betting on his own games. Oh, it's actually quite a good watch, but he does talk about how the umpires in the NBA are encouraged to umpire different players differently. Mm. And, like, you know, they want the big teams to win and, like, they want series to go to seven games in the playoffs because it's more money for the for the NBA. So maybe there's something to that. Or, or maybe this guy was a conspiracy theorist who punted on his own games. <laughs> look, so maybe an irrelevant point. Look, quite. Make quite up quite. your own mind. <laughs> Look, quite possibly. But um, no, look, I think in this case, yeah, I think he was he was far too whistle happy. And oh. look, so and look, I think he was trying to make sure he had control of the game, but by the end he'd lost control because he had too many sin bins. Yeah. So oh, um Yeah, re- yeah, in- interesting game, but um no, so uh, South Sydney are through to next week. That's it. Other Un- rabbits. Unlike the storm. Um, mate, mo- moving Just on. Just twisting off again. <laughs> 100% Cowboys still in. Here we go. Prelim finals. Um, I can't see them beating the Panthers out of the Cowboys. I think it's the... I'll be on the Panthers. I think, I think it's the Panthers Strongly. this year again. So <laughs> they're going to win by quite comfortable in that grand final. Um, mate, let's chat about NFL. We had round one or week one over the, uh, over the weekend, finishing... Finishing on Tuesday morning. Did you catch much of the uh, NFL, mate? I caught bits of the the Rams and Bills. Oh yes, the first game. Yep, which is very exciting. Oh, you you know I get pretty up and about for quarterbacks and they're to throw the ball. It's oh, it's epic. You love you love a quarterback who can throw, don't it, you? You well, love a good throw. It's yeah. It's just I don't know. It's so impressive how they get that tight spiral and they just whip it in there. Yeah, it's yep. great. Anyway, Josh Allen was excellent. Um, oh, was he ever? He was so good. So I did c- catch that. I missed most of the others. I did see that the 
Um, the Dolphins, your boys, Miami. Oh. Got the Chockies against Belichick and, um, and the Pats. Yep. Um, and my boys, the Eagles, mate. One and oh. Always going to happen. Super Bowl, Smokey. You heard it here first. <laughs> look, so that look, was my NFL rap. <laughs> look, you were only playing the Detroit Lions. I wouldn't be too excited about a 38-35 win for your Eagles. Um, but I want to talk about a couple of games. First of all, my Seahawks got up. Oi. I, didn't, I didn't think they were going to win a game all Prime year. on TV as well. Oh, no, mate. They're not, they're not going to be anywhere near the top. But right now, because their division, the rest of the teams in their division played the worst football they've ever played somehow, and we played okay. So we're talking about division now. So I reckon finish the season and now, And how mate. do you lose it from here? <laughs> so finish it now. Playoffs now. Whoever wins is in. That's it. Um, so we're getting in, that's for sure. So well done to my to my Seahawks. I wrote them off, and I'm still writing them off the rest of the season, but had a very emotional win against our old quarterback, Russell Wilson, and the Broncos. Um but, Matt, I want to touch on a couple of things. First of all, one player we didn't chat about last week, Patrick Mahomes. Oh. He let us know. Five touchdowns. He absolutely smoked Arizona. So, um, it looks like Patrick Mahomes and the, the Chiefs, mate, they're going to be they're gonna be good this year. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're playing um, Thursday night football against the team I've picked to win, LA Chargers. So, Friday morning, tune in, because that will be an absolute crack of a game. Oh, mate. Um, but one game I want to focus on is Pittsburgh v. Cincinnati. And the listeners will remember last week, Mr. Johnny Boland's pick for MVP was Joe Burrow from Cincinnati. He yes. had the worst game of his career over the weekend. It did not start well, the campaign for MVP. He, yep. threw, he threw four interceptions. Okay. Not a strong game. Happens. <laughs> It should have, mate. Not from an MVP. It was good defense from the Steelers. It wasn't. <laughs> it was not, it was not good. It was just, it was really, really poor. And somehow, despite this, Pittsburgh had no offense. So it meant that it meant the game ended up at 20 all went to overtime. Yeah. And so for those, for those who sort of don't know, each sort of team potentially gets a go um, in overtime, but it's essentially sort of the first team to score a touchdown essentially wins. Um, and if the first team doesn't get a touchdown, if you get a field goal, you sort of win. Yeah. Um, and so Cincinnati had the ball first, and they got the ball to 29 yards out, and they couldn't, they couldn't get a touchdown. So they went for a, a field goal. And 29 yards out yeah. is 99 times out of 100 an easy field How goal. How many yards is that in metres? Like 10 metres? Oh, no, nah, it's, it's probably 26 metres. Okay. I don't know my yards very well. Um, so... For NFL kickers, when all they do is kick the ball through, yep. 20, 29 yards, anything under 40 is pretty regulation. Anything under 30 is 100% regulation. Yeah. The bloke from Cincinnati not only missed, he missed by about 30 yards. It is the it, For those who haven't watched it, what's the last three minutes of Pittsburgh v Cincinnati? It is the worst kick you've ever seen in your life. I don't know how he did it. He's come from the left of the ball, and then he's pushed the ball like thirty meters to the left of the goals. Like he's almost kicked it across his body. It's I don't know how you do it. That's impressive. <laughs> it's like it's impressive how bad it was. Um, and then Pittsburgh, they missed a field goal from fifty-five yards out, which is a he hit the post, yeah. um, and so it bounced back in. And then um, Cincinnati marked it, and finally in the last play of the game, Pitt. Pittsburgh kicked from 53 yards out and won the game. 53? 53 yards. So he missed 55, then made 53. Um, but the 29-yarder, the miss, it is one of the worst kicks you've ever seen. So go and watch that because it is – it's terrible. It's a, it's a shocker. It's so funny to watch. So um, go watch that. So that was the, the NFL of, of round one. Um, and, yes, yeah, so the, the big game, Thursday Night Football, 
LA Chargers v Kansas City. It is strap in. It's it's one of the big games. It's two really strong sides going at it. So it should be a it should be a tight and hopefully a high scoring contest. Love it. Um, so tune into that. So that was the that was the NFL of, of of week one, mate. And so, mate, one sport that did sort of wrap up over the weekend was um was the was the cricket the ODI series against New Zealand. We, the Richard Hadley. <laughs> that, that's cool. That I think I think so. Um, that we somehow we somehow won um, three nils. A pretty poor series, really. Um, but I want to talk to you about a couple of things on on the cricket. Um, first of all, though, we uh, we have a we have a bit of a listener question on this from uh, from Jeff. Oh yeah, and uh, Jeff's written in two questions this week. Oh, good on you, Jeff. So thanks, Jeff. One of them is about well our next topic, but this one I wanted just to, to touch on, mate. Um, he said his his question is who would captain the Australia One Day team? Oh, so he missed last week's episode. Oh, I think he did, <laughs> mate. I think he did because uh, I think you'll find that we may have touched on this last week. Oh, well, Jeff. As rumoured to be our number one listener, <laughs> must be tuning out early. Oh dear mate! So I thought I'd just let you know that, mate. That's you right. know, Jeff. Jeff constantly chirps us. Number one ticket holder. Loves not, it. Loves it could be the chirp, But hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Not. He's not too easy to stand, is he? So yeah, I wonder how he's going to go when we start speaking Bulgarian. <laughs> no chance, mate. No chance at all. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he'd uh, he'd want to lift his game. Come on, Jeff. Um, but. Look, it, it, the, the one thing that has happened over the week with that is um, David Warner, um, because, you know, Aaron Finch stepped down and has retired, and, Aaron, and um, David Warner has come out and said that the reason he was banned from leadership positions is not just due to Sandpaper Gate. Yeah. He said that's the reason the executives gave, but he believes that the reason is because a couple of years before that there'd been... Um, these sort of massive pay disputes between uh, the players in Cricket Australia. And David Warner had been at the forefront of the players saying, we want more money, essentially. Leading the charge. Yeah, and it had really um, ruptured, some, ruptured some relationships and, um, within, within, between Cricket Australia and the players. So he's come out and said that's the reason. Now the whole board's different. He essentially got on the board to try and get this leadership banned and moved. Um, what are your thoughts on this, mate? What, what do you think about this? Well, if true, it's petty. And mm-hmm. probably harsh. I'm not the biggest Davy Warner fan, but this story has has risen his stocks in in my view. Okay. So if it's true, it, yeah. If that was the reason, I, I don't love that. And if he is the most suited to captaining the one day side, I think he should captain it. So yeah, I, look. If it's true, definitely worth investigating. And mate, throw your hat in the ring. And good on you for trying to negotiate better wages for. For you and your teammates. Bit of self-interest in that, obviously. But I still respect it. What do you think? Um, mate, it's very often that we're not a fan of the same bloke in sport. Because I'm not a fan of Davey Warner either. I don't think we've ever had this before. Normally one of us loves them, one of, the, one of us hates them. So yeah, I could be convinced. This is a... Well, 100%, <laughs> mate, you can be convinced to, to, to flip. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't be too hard at all, I wouldn't imagine. Um, but no, so... Look, I... I think it comes down is it is it true or not? And obviously we don't know. This is just Davey will want to come out and say this. I'm sure Cricket Australia at some stage will come out and, and address the, address this. Um, personally, I don't think he should be let a captain again. I think a leadership ban is a leadership ban for a reason. I think after the whole sandpaper. Well, is date, Smith the same? Because he's captain again, hasn't he? Has he? I oh, think he's, he's like, vice captain. Oh, okay. 
which I yeah, look, I don't even think he should be vice captain. That's just me. I think after what with when those two were in charge, what happened to the game? I don't think they should be allowed to be in charge again. Yeah, but Smudgy made a ton the other day, so I'm back on him. So <laughs> look, as a, I just don't understand why <laughs> why you'd risk the players making the same mistakes. Yeah, like and it was it was such a terrible time for Australian cricket. It was. Like, it was. Don't let it happen again. Yeah. Um, Scott Bowler for captain. Get him in there. Put him down there. Um, oh, mate, he, he should be. Especially the test team. Who's Pat Cummins who? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so, look, and, yeah, so that, that's that's the cricket. And um, we've got the, the T20 World Cup soon, so we'll see who's... We'll see if Finch makes that and if he's still the captain of that. So, Oh, surely this is going to be his farewell tour. It has to be. Yeah. Based on his one-day form, it has to be. Um, but, mate, Jeff, as I said, Jeff had two questions. Jeff's other question leads Let's hope just, it's a redeeming question. Well, look, it, you'll be happy to know it is. Okay. We haven't covered this yet. Okay. So that, that's, a, that's a win. And it, it catches on some big news in the weekend. So, um, as we know... This is also the sort of the start of the uh, the silly season for the AFL when it comes to trades and players trying to leave and free agency all that sort of stuff. Yep. And so Jeff's question is, um, why would clubs play ball with other clubs when it comes to trying to find trades? So, for example, um, Rankin and Jackson both want to leave their clubs to play for new clubs. Yeah. And they've said, I want to play for. I think Rankin's nominated Adelaide, Adelaide, and then um, Jackson is nominated either. Um, Either West Australian club. Yeah. So Jeff's question is, why, why are the clubs going to play ball and try and find these players the clubs they want? He's like, should players be able to dictate when they, where they want to go before they are eligible free agents? What are your thoughts on this, mate? I like where Jeff's coming from, and I completely agree. Yep. Why sign a contract? Or, like, you have a contract in place? Yep. Fulfill that contract. If you want to be traded, cool. Like, we can trade you. Yep. But we're going to, as a club... We're going to get the best offer we can. And if Luke Jackson's best offer is from North Melbourne, see, mate, go to Arden Street. <laughs> Play with Clarko. Like, yep. I honestly think it's nice. It's like good bloke factor, I guess. But, yeah, I, there's no way I'd be playing ball with someone who, especially Gold Coast, they put four years into into ranking. Uh, yeah, 100%. And, like, he's really starting to blossom. They've got a really good young group. And he's like, oh, no, I want to go play for Adelaide. Like, mate, No. You can play for whoever we want to trade you to, or you can play for us. Like, you've got a contract. Yep. So, I, I don't like that. I, I think, yeah, it, it takes away the integrity of a contract. Mm. Having said that, you see in the NBA, when teams like Houston Rockets play hardball and don't trade players when they want to, people like James Harden have just sat out games. Mm. So, do we want to get to that point? If, you know, if Gold Coast say, Rankin, mate, you're staying, you're contracted, or... Actually, I don't even know if he's contracted. He might be a free agent. He won't be a free agent. Oh, no, he couldn't be. He, can't, he hasn't played long enough, but he might just be out of contract. Yeah, he might be out of contract. So, yeah, I would just be saying, you know, best offer. Like, whatever comes in, if someone wants you, or you can stay here. Like, I don't know. I don't love it, but, yeah, that's my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, no, I'm with, I'm with you and Jeff on, on this one. I do think if you're, if you're not a restricted free agent or an unrestricted free agent, I do think if you ask for a trade, the team should be in charge of getting the best possible deal for you. I think the one thing I would like to see is that um, on that is that potentially you can choose whether or not you want to be traded out of the state you're currently playing in. So, for example, if you're playing in <laughs> South Australia and you don't want to live in South Australia, you could say, I want to be traded, and you can just say, I don't want to be traded to Port. Or if, if for example, you're struggling with the, the limelight that comes with playing Victoria, you might say, I just don't want to be playing in Victoria. Yeah. So that, that still gives you... 
well, eight, possibly nine teams um, with Tassie maybe, that you can that you can be traded to. So I think that's the one thing I would like to see potentially is that they could say, I don't want to be I don't want to stay in the state that I'm currently in. Maybe that bit of freedom with the player, but outside of that, I do think the teams need to have more control. And I don't think that um, my other thought is whilst the whilst the player is contracted to a team, I don't think they should be able to talk to other other clubs. Oh, about I thought contracts. they weren't allowed. I don't. I don't think they are. But <laughs> but they must be because how is Luke Jackson? Like we know he's been offered big money. Yeah, and, like, and Brody Gundy. Yeah, like and Isaac Rank. We know they've been offered contracts for these other clubs. So I, I believe that if there's any if there's any contact, then there should be massive penalties put in place. Agree, because it just that's massively problematic. So I think I think that's something that needs to happen, and that needs to be that needs to be looked at as well. Nah, it's strong, mate. It's a good point. We both agree, which is uh, a little bit strange, but that's right. It's good for us. Never happened on the podcast, mate. That's it. Um, but mate, also on the trade, Taranto and Hopper. Oh, mate, this, to, uh, this has got me. Two G. Yeah, tell me about it, mate. So two big names, like yep. good, really strong young midfielders. Both. Taranto, B and F winner yep. in an almost premiership year when they lost by ninety points in a flag. Unlucky. Um, and Hopper has been top four in the B and F sort of three or four times. Good midfielders are just going from GWS to the big dogs Richmond. Yep. It, and the my problem is. These two players have both nominated Richmond. Richmond are just going to replenish their stocks. And GWS, who finished like, I don't know, like 16th or something yeah, irrelevant. Third or fourth last. Yeah, it just, you know, they lose two guns and they get draft picks back. Yep. It, it's starting to feel a little bit like the Gold Coast and GWS are these feeder clubs mm. who grow and nurture talent because they've got a lot of youth. They keep getting draft picks because their good players keep leaving and they get draft picks back. Yep. And then once the players are ready... They get shipped off. You've seen it in the Gold Coast with May and Lynch and even previously with Jeremy Cameron, Trelaw, Dylan Sheil at GWS. Like, it really frustrates me in a, mm. in a system that's designed for your team to win it once every 18 years. The big dogs are just seem to be getting stronger and that's the movement of this whole free agency trade period sort of thing. And it's it's great for Taranto I can, and Hopper. I can imagine they want to come and play for Melbourne. and you, Not for Melbourne, but in Melbourne, in the yep. limelight, big club, big games. Like, I get it. Yep. It doesn't look good for the game. Yep. And I think it is some damning evidence why sort of the Tassie team is not required. Sure. Because if GWS and Gold Coast are being treated like this at the moment, another team is just going to be another feeder club to the big boys. Yeah, it, it doesn't have that feel about, doesn't it? And I think the other thing is, you know, they, they talk about the fact that we have the um, the Giants and Suns there is because we want to, like, grow the game. Yeah. You're not going to grow the game if players get constantly leaving. Yeah, like, exactly right. It's not how it's going to be grown. So, yeah, look, I, I agree. And, look, I think it's, it's going to be interesting time. We'll do, it, we'll do a, tr- a trade preview in a couple of weeks' time, but I think the Giants have to, you know, really try and, like bleed Richmond here for as much as they can. They want four first rounders. Like it's going to at least discourage potential other clubs from trying to grab the players if you ask a lot. So yeah, I'd be getting I'd be getting um, a combination of picks and and players. Um, I'd be asking for four first rounders a player, mate. I'd be going real hard ball if I was Giants. Yeah, well they they've got the they've got the leverage. Hopper's yeah. still contracted. Hundred percent they do. Right. So and you know they can just trade Taranto to. North Melbourne, if they want to. That's so, right. And he's not going to want to go to North Melbourne. No. Um, still playing in front of 4,000 people. <laughs> Play in front of less, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, look, it'll be really interesting. But And I, I understand why, why Richmond's doing it. You know, they're, they're trying to 
they're trying to retool while they've still got a lot of the players there. They're trying to extend their premiership window. So I can see what they're doing, and I think it's a, a pretty good move by them. But it's, yeah, you're right. I think they have to, again, it comes back to that, can you talk to players while they're still contracted and who should be able to choose where they go to? Yeah, and, like, I, I don't have any, yeah, discouragement for anyone in this situation. I understand the the players, and I understand Richmond, yep. and I understand the position that the Giants are in. It's just... The, the system is designed for the big clubs to continue mm. to dominate, which in an 18-team competition with a salary cap and a draft and the way it's set up is ideally you want every team to have equal opportunity. Yep. This type of stuff means that the clubs that draw big crowds and play big games have more of an opportunity. So, yeah, it's tough for the AFL and they probably need to look into it a little bit to try to, I, I guess, fix it up to make the competition a little bit more even. No, I think I think I think you're spot on, mate. Uh, mate, it's time for the uh, time for the movie review. Is it uh, really? It is time for the movie review. Can right? I give you an update? Oh, I no. watched Coach Carter on Sunday. Did you? Oh, what, nice. What did you think? I cried. Did you? Yeah, which, so good. Which scene did you cry? No, right? I didn't cry, oh. but I wanted to. Like, I was really close. Did you want to cry in the speech? In the speech scene that I, that I talked, yeah. discussed last week? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's, oh, it's pretty it's emotional. So good, wasn't it? So such a good film. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to hear, mate. The movie review got you to watch a film. I think I'm off Tycrane as well. You are? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit too arrogant for you? No, not that. No. I just like, I got sucked in by the coach again. Oh, and so, it, and so good. Yeah, they're oh, so How, good. Samuel Jackson plays it so well. Yeah, he does. It's he, epic. He's so, he's so good. And the young fella, the um, his son. Oh, great. Loved so, it. Yeah, it, 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 just, it just draws you in the movie, doesn't it? That's the first one I've watched after one of your reviews. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so take that on board. Thanks, um, that could be a could be a compliment. Could be uh, construed otherwise. But mate, what do you got for us this week? This week, so I'd watch a bit of a shorter film this week because as I t- said before, I watch six different sports. So yeah, makes sense. I couldn't watch a I couldn't watch an epic. Didn't have time for that. So I went for a shorter film. Okay, and of course you know shorter films are generally comedies. Okay, so I watched I watched in my opinion probably the best sports comedy there is. Okay, and. and if you haven't seen this film, I think we should just end the podcast now. Okay. I watched Dodgeball. Okay. Have you seen Dodgeball? No. You haven't seen Dodgeball? <laughs> no. Nah. How have you not seen Dodgeball? Oh, don't know. I didn't really watch movies. Oh, mate, Dodgeball. I was watching Pretty Little Lies. With, um, for those who have somehow haven't seen it, it stars Vince Vaughn and Ben Stiller. Um, and it is, like, it, it's hilarious. It's so funny. Um, so it follows this, it follows this gym, um, it's a better close down because Globo Gym, I think that's, I think they're called Globo Gym, um, is gonna is gonna take over, and so they enter a dodgeball and they owe fifty thousand dollars, and they enter a dodgeball tournament to try and win the fifty thousand dollars. I like that, and they've never played dodgeball before. Okay, um, and like they're genuinely hopeless, <laughs> but uh, of course it tracks them, and you know they slowly win their way through, and of course Globo Gym enters their own own team and of course those two teams meet the final and it, and it follows that but it is it's such a funny film it's good it's so funny the, the, the there's one scene that has not aged well at all and it's where oh, no. the the main character is struggling for motivation and he's going to give up and he goes to a bar oh no and the person that gives him motivation is lance armstrong the bike rider oh, the cyclist okay. and this was of course uh before uh <laughs> the uh the I didn't know where that was going, but that is very funny. Before the doping. Um, yeah. So some might say adds the humour of the film. Um, oh, I think that does add kind of. But, uh, yeah, so <laughs> it's one thing that hasn't aged super well about the film. But other than that, it is, it's it's a film that, um, <coughs> bless you, mate. Um, it's it's a film that, um, that doesn't. <laughs> Sorry to the audience there. I'm just following my nose.
All right. Sorry, guys. Um, we just had a little technical break while I, uh, I blew my nose. I uh, hope you enjoyed that, all the ASMR fans out there. Uh, no worries. Uh, so thank you for that. Josh, back to your movie review. Yeah, thank, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, so as I was saying, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't take away from the film, the uh, Lance Armstrong scene. But other than that, like... It's such a funny film. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's one of those films I think everyone watched as a teenager going on mates place. And it's Have you no mates, that's why I didn't watch it. <laughs> Quite possibly, mate. <laughs> didn't realize it was such a sore spot. Sorry, mate. Yeah, sorry. Piss um, them off again. It's a storm all over again. <laughs> um but if you haven't watched it, it's it's so funny. Go out and watch it. I'm giving it four and a half stars. Wow. It's, it's a crack of a film. The ratings are back. They, they are, mate. They're after we took we a fit, hiatus <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. They're back, well, and truly, such a funny film. Okay, go, go and watch it. Love it. So there you go, mate. That is all. We no, have to... <laughs> it's not. No, it's not. Oh, mate, despite I... the flu game, it could say my intelligence is slightly off. You know, my brain fog is present. Nobody, including me, has forgotten the magnet mover of the oh, week. Oh, I nearly got away with that. Mate, you're trying to get out again. <laughs> Look, mate, there's been some, some rumours in the audience, you know, movie review, magnet mover of the week. Josh is a bit jealous about the rise of the segment. You know, magnet mover's really taken off. Maxi Holmes, actually don't know if he's been one, but I love him. Anyway, <laughs> magnet mover of the week this week Here we is, go. have you heard of this man? Michael Lombardi. Last time I said I hadn't heard of someone... It ended up really hurting me with John Newcomb. So no, it, have, no, okay. This is actually, has it, it got something to do with the Lombardi Trophy? I think so. I in, don't know. In NFL, it's an he's NFL related. Yes, okay. He um he he's written a couple of books. Yep. He's hung around with. He used to be, I believe, he used to be, or maybe it wasn't Belichick, but a different NFL coach's driver. And then he's got into like the media that way. Okay. He's probably done a lot more. I actually don't know a lot about him. But that's not why he's made it really the week. Okay. He came on to, to SEN, one of our biggest competitors. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. And um, he talked about his experience when he came to Australia and worked with Essendon. Okay. And um, he also worked with Clarko. He, he did a lot of work in like the coaching space. And sure. he talked about on the, on the show that he was on about how like, you know, people think Clarko... You know, he's power hungry and it's my way or the highway. And Lombardi put it really nice when he said, Clarko is not power hungry, he's culture hungry. Mm. He's like, Clarko doesn't need all the power. He wants to, he just needs like good culture and good values of the club. Mm. And that's what sets him up to be great. And that's why he wants people because he knows, you know, people that drive good culture like Todd Barney and, and stuff. So, yeah, I really liked that perspective that he took. He, you know, he, he knows Clarko and he, he doesn't really know AFL, but he's done a bit of time with Essendon. <laughs> but yeah, I liked how he just, he you know, Clarko can be perceived as power hungry and he's mm. making a lot of moves at North Melbourne now. It looks like he's pulling all the strings. Yep. And so there has been a bit of feedback, you know, Clarko, he just wants it his way. But yeah, culture hungry. I liked it. I like it, mate. That's sharp from you. Mate, before we finish up, I actually have an anti-magnet move of the week. Hello. So This really adds to the theory it, that it, you're jealous of the magnet mover. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I want to run this on by you because talk to me, mate. Talk to me. I think you'll love it. It's hilarious. But we always made a movies generally people doing like things that are like you know, you've done really well. It's mate, like, don't pretend like you understand the floating criteria. <laughs> I don't think anybody understands the, the floating criteria. Floating criteria. Maybe if this you made a movie of the week. Then who knows? We'll see. Talk but to me. I want to put forward the chairman of the NRL and the West Tigers. Mm. Okay. So this was from about a week ago, and you missed it. I'm surprised, mate. You missed this one, so I thought I'd bring a better bring. Which it I up. don't miss much. You don't miss it miss much at all, mate. No. So this one really, really slipped under. 
So this was before their game against the Raiders. It was their last game of the season. Yeah. And West Tigers, for those who don't know, North Melbourne, Wooden yeah, Spoon. they're not going well. Um, and the Raiders just snuck into the eight. They could get Munster, though, so... Yeah, quite, quite possibly. I don't think they will get in, though. Hope not. But um, So the, the West Tigers chairman, a man by the name of Lee... I'm going to get his last name wrong. Lee Hadjapantelis, I'm going to say his that's name. That's how I'd say it, yeah. It's <laughs> how you've heard it. That's yeah, yeah heard. That, that's what they normally call so, him, Hadjapantelis. But before the match at a... <laughs> Before the match at like a sort of a, a presence lunch type thing, <laughs> Johnny's still laughing over here. But, no, but, but before like a presence, before a presence yeah, lunch, sorry, talk to me. Talking about the game, he confidently states, "We will win today." <laughs> okay, and how'd they go? At half time, they were down forty-two nothing, <laughs> and they ended up losing fifty-six to ten. <laughs> I love it. And I just thought that is, I, I love how he's just confidently said we're going to win today and then they're down by about 15 tries at half time. Right, Leo Jontopoulos, you're in there for Magnet Mover of the Week. You're on the podium, you're second to my mate Lombardi, but it's a good nomination from you. Oh, thanks, man. I thought I'd... I thought I'd and if other people have nominations, feel free to reach out either via the socials at Magnet Movers on Instagram or at... Magnetmovers at gmail.com. Send us through some Magnet Movers of the Week and they may get up there. They may get second with uh, Josh's mate, John Topolis. <laughs> I don't know what his name is and I don't want to have another cracker trying to say it. Hey, Japan Toss or something. Hey, Japan Talos, I think it is. <laughs> John Topolis is not close. Anyway. Oh, mate, we have lost the plot here. We better wrap it up, mate, while we still can. Just quickly before we do go, bonus episode this Sunday or Saturday. Saturday. Brownlow predictor. Uh, if you want to know what the magnet movers are thinking regarding the Brownlow, tune into that. It will be up on Saturday. Morning. So be excited for that. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, I've made it through the flu game. So, you know, not all heroes wear capes. But Josh, mate, good to see you. And uh, thanks for coming in. No, mate. Th- thanks. Uh, same to you, mate. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for being here. Thanks for... Uh, fighting through the flu and we'll uh thanks for listening guys and we'll catch you next week see you later